Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me our basketball expert Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know man, what are we talking about today? Today we will be recapping the fourth day of action of the World Cup where groups B, C, F and G took the court with uh, many historical moments to go over in this podcast, ready to dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was a, a crazy day. Uh, some teams making history with their first wins at the World Cup. So let's get into it, man. We start by looking at Group B, where after South Sudan devastating overtime loss against Puerto Rico in the previous game, they were able to bounce back on the best way possible with a 20 points win over China. South Sudan came into this game with uh, composure and uh, with a 22 to 14 first quarter and a 45-29 the second half, they locked this impressive win behind another great Carlick Jones performance that had 21 points and 6 assists. Award for Nuni Umut that stepped up today with a very efficient game after we mentioning that uh, he was taking a, a back seat to this team. Uh, they need him and they did his performance. For China, Kyle Anderson was way more involved in the game, having a team high 16 shots and scoring 22 points and adding to his stat sheet five rebounds and three assists, two, two steals and one block. But uh, their team... Uh, overall dynamics were lacking in this game with China being left in a hard situation regarding their Olympic aspirations in this World Cup. The key for this game outcome was Sotsodan's ability to take care of the ball. They ended the game with only 5 turnovers against 11 from China, leading to 15 points of turnovers. Yeah, this was a, a very good game overall by South Sudan, uh, again led by Carly Jones, who had a, a pretty amazing performance once again. And like you mentioned, uh, Omut was much better today. And we had talked about it in the in their previous game that they needed him to, to step up and be a little bit more aggressive. And he, he did that today. Uh, and as far as China, uh, good job involving Kyle Anderson uh, on more actions. But uh, overall, just a, a pretty, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's disappointing, but I guess I expected him to be a lot more competitive, uh, at least against Puerto Rico and South Sudan. Um, 11 turnovers is not much, but forcing South Sudan to only five, uh, I guess that's a, a problem. And then allowing South Sudan to shoot 15 per, 50% from three with 15 made threes, I, I mean, it's just too much of a discrepancy for them to, to be able to hang on. But uh, a great win for South Sudan and history was made. And with this win, uh, South Sudan leaves this group going to the wire with all teams being able to still classify to the next round after Serbia beating Puerto Rico today we can see two and three teams tie for both of the two top places of this group on the Serbia versus Puerto Rico game we saw the European team having a dominant start to the game scoring 27 and 30 points on the first and second quarters respectively and leading 57 to 27 at halftime with the game out of hand, Puerto Rico reacted and came into the third quarter with energy and uh, with uh, improved offensive effort, allowing only 37 points in the whole second half and scoring 31 third quarter points. The final score of the game was 94-77 to in favor of Serbia that now aims at moving into the second round without losses. For that, they will need to beat South Sudan next. 
the youngster Nikola Jovic and the leader Bogdan Bogdanovic were the scoring leaders for Serbia with 70 points each, with uh, jo Jovic having a great shooting game, going 6 of 9 from the floor, including 3 of 4 from 3. Serbia dominant in the paint with uh, 48 points scored, 28 more than Puerto Rico, while uh, the advantage on the second chance points for Puerto Rico is an indicator of their strong second half effort. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in the first half, uh, Serbia showed their dominance and they played at a, a very high level, uh, shooting the ball and just on defense because they only allowed 27 points in the first half for Puerto Rico. But then the second half was a whole different story. I mean, Puerto Rico's effort obviously wasn't enough to, to get back in the game and to compete for the game with Serbia, but they showed a lot of effort and that third quarter was very, very good for them and maybe a, a positive uh, a positive showing uh, going into the, the last game of the group stage, trying to, to advance. So I think this was an important game for Puerto Rico to show that they are able to compete and they hopefully will do it in the next game, trying to secure a spot in the top 16. But I think Serbia... Uh, has a very good team overall. Everybody that played scored. Uh, Petrosev, obviously, with the, with the injury, didn't play. But uh, hopefully, he can come back at full strength for their next few games. But uh, overall, uh, a great, uh, a nice game by both teams, I think. Serbia may be a little bit more relaxed in the second half, but still uh, one of the best teams in the competition. And they both should be on pretty pretty good positions to, to advance to the next stage. Puerto Rico building that momentum in the second half certainly will help them in the, their next decisive game to move into the top 16. And uh, with uh, Group B being open, let's uh, check how Group C went today. We saw Rondai Hollis Jefferson four-point play with 10 seconds left on the clock to send the game between Jordan and New Zealand to overtime, where New Zealand with a 10-2 run locked uh, the win, 95-87. New Zealand was able to, to capitalize on uh, 10 more points of turnovers than uh, Jordan. And while Jordan made up that difference in points in the paint, New Zealand superior depth showed with their bench outscoring Jordan's bench 37 to 4. Rondai was the star of this game with 39 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists and 2 steals, but New Zealand's 57 three-point shooting was too much for Jordan to overcome. Yeah, Rondai Hollis Jefferson did a, a great job trying to to help Jordan uh, get a win here, but uh, New Zealand in the end their three-point shooting was much better than Jordan who only shot 25%. So, and I think that was the biggest difference maker. I think Jordan did a great job on the boards. And again, led by uh, Hollis Jefferson, who had nine boards. And along with those 39 points, that was just uh, amazing to watch. He's looking like left-handed Kobe over there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but New Zealand just had a little bit too much for them. And they were able to hold on on overtime. And uh, I think New Zealand, now with this win, has a chance to go against against Greece and try to be competitive and maybe upset them. It's going to be very hard, obviously, but maybe they can compete. As far as Jordan, I mean, they won't have much of a chance against the United States, but uh, it has been fun to watch Randy Hollis Jefferson play. He, he's, he's had the support from everybody in the stands. They were even chanting Kobe today. So uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool to watch. But uh, yeah, it's a nice win by New Zealand for sure. It has been a nice experience to have Ronda play for this Jordan team. And like you were mentioning the game between New Zealand and Greece, we will be revisiting the last tournament fight that for a place on the top six win between these two teams uh, with the Tall Blacks looking for revenge after their 
six-point loss that uh, ended with their elimination from the competition that time. And they certainly will want a different outcome against Greece. On the Greece games today that uh, we expected to decide the win of this group, USA beat Greece 109-81, dominating across the whole game, with Papa Giannis and Rogba Polos being the Greek highlights on the, this game for the United States once again. Ali Burton and Reeves were the players that ended the game with the highest plus-minus, with Reeves being the game MVP with 15 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists and 2 steals and game after game we keep seeing these two players off the bench being determinant for the success of this American team. The Americans dominated on all aspects of the game but their transition game is especially noteworthy with being one of their strongest weapons and something that uh, they try to take advantage of to win games and uh, they will certainly do that the rest of the tournament. United States is taking care of business and they keep looking more polished from game to game as we expected to see from them. Confirming their status as favorites heading into this competition. It is fair to say that uh, things are going as we expected for our top, top contenders. Don't you agree, Diogo? Yeah, 100%. I mean, what we see game after game is just their ability to play at a high level on both ends of the floor. They have so many guys contributing. I mean, everybody scored today. You have a guy like Josh Hart coming off the bench and getting double-digit rebounds and five assists too. Like, everybody can contribute on any given game. And then you have guys like Anthony Edwards, Austin Reeves, Jalen Brunson, Ali Burton. That's just going to do what they do every game. And uh, as far as Greece goes, um, in my opinion, they've been lacking uh, some offensive firepower. And I think that was the main reason that they wouldn't be able to compete with the United States. But uh, their defensive ability probably would have been able to, to allow them to compete somewhat. But USA has just been so dominant uh, in this game. And... Getting to the free throw line, they, they made 30 free throws against eight for Greece. The, on the boards, they just out-rebounded Greece by 15 rebounds. The assist numbers, like every number in here is so unleveled in favor of the USA. And then they're not going to win a quarter by like 20 points, but they win every quarter by like 5 to 10 points. And in the end, that just makes yeah. a 20-something point difference. And that just shows their ability to dominate the, the game throughout the whole 40 minutes. And that's really impressive. Or just on point, they dominated the, the game from beginning to, to end. And about Greece, you were mentioning. And um, the fun thing about uh, this Greek team and their path ahead is that while things are looking rough early on, the, the truth is that they will be competing likely with Lithuania in Montenegro on the next stage. And right now, and uh, when we did our preview of the World Cup, I'm not favoring them against Lithuania. I think Lithuania has an edge there. But um, I think that they might be able to compete. And if they achieve that, they are in a path that can lead them to medal game. So while things are looking rough right now, I think there is a chance that... Uh, things will improve and we know how well coached they are by Coach Itudis so we can expect always them to be prepared and to give their very best but I'm looking forward for their game with New Zealand and I think that can be an interesting one with uh, us favoring the, the European team. This puts Group C in the books so it's time to look into the Group F in this uh, mini episode recapping the Day 4 of the FIBA World Cup. History was made was Cape Verde conquered their first World Cup win and the uh, this was their first time in the competition and only took them two games to achieve that. On the game against Venezuela, the African team was trailing at halftime by 13. 
but uh, they were ready to show the fighting spirit that allowed them to thrive in the African qualifiers. In the second half, the with impressive 14 points scored and only 29 allowed, Cape Verde secured 81 to 75 win, led by two co-MVPs, Walter Tavares and João Batin Gomes, while Tavares provided the defensive presence that we expect. Uh, from him and that we expected to bring issues to this Venezuelan team and in 30 minutes he scored 6 points grabbed 14 rebounds and dished 3 assists and added 3 steals and 2 blocks to that. João Batin Gomes added the needed offense along with Ivan Almeida and Will Tavares that uh, had 18 and 20 points each. Batin ended the game with uh, 22 points shooting 5 of 11 from the floor including 4 of 3 from uh, the 3 point range. Yeah, he was he was very good today, uh, João Batin Gomes uh, at this stage in his career, he is more of a, a spot-up shooter, uh, but he's still athletic for his age, and he was able to play a, a very <laughs> good game today. And then a guy like Walter Tavares, obviously, with 14 rebounds. I mean, uh, we had talked about uh, Venezuela's lack of size, and Walter Tavares took advantage of that, and getting 14 boards was very important for this Cape Verde team. And they had nice contributions, like you said, from Ivan Almeida and Will Tavares. And in the end, they were just... Stronger than Venezuela, and that fourth quarter was very impressive, uh, only allowing nine points. And again, Walter Tavares' defensive presence, it, it means a lot in these FIBA rules. So it's a, a very good win for them, obviously. Every time you make history, it's a, a great win. But, <laughs> no uh, doubt. For their chances for a, an Olympic spot, and obviously they will try to get it. This is a very important win, and it should motivate them a lot going forward. Things are getting very interesting on the fight for the Olympic spot for the African teams. We will keep track to that and uh, we will be previewing what to expect from the second round, but the things are looking very interesting on that front. After this historical win, it is time to look into Slovenia and Georgia. They took the court in a, a likely fight for the top spot of this group and the team led by Luka Doncic secured the win 88-67 to with him ending the game with 34 points 10 rebounds, 6 assists and 3 steals and this is something we keep seeing over and over again. He's performing at a very high level and I think we don't regret to picking him as the, the top player <laughs> of this competition. I think you agree with me. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> While for Georgia, Mamu Kalashvili was the best on the court with 21 points and 7 rebounds, Georgia had a strong start to the game, being able to limit Slovenia to 16 points and heading into the second quarter leading by one. But uh, Slovenia was able to unleash their offensive firepower in the second quarter, scoring 29 points, heading into halftime with a 12-point lead and never looking back. Slovenia was able to build this win of uh, Georgia's mistakes, ending the game with uh, 28 points of turnovers. Yeah, this is, again, uh, a mess Surprised by Luka Doncic. I mean, the, the first quarter, both teams started off uh, very slow, uh, very inefficient. It, it took like a couple of minutes for uh, either team to score a field goal. Uh, they were basically living at the free throw line, especially Luka in, in the first quarter. But ending up with 34, 10, and 6, I mean, every game from him just looks like a, a triple-double threat. And it's, always, it's never like 10, 10, and 10. It's always like 30-something. So... <laughs> It's pretty impressive to watch him play, and he dominated this game from start to finish because uh, Slovenia, without him, uh, he's pretty limited, especially offensively, because they don't really have another creator. But the fact is, the, when he went to the bench, uh, they actually went on a nice run. So credit to Slovenia today. They, they played a, a pretty complete game from start to finish. And Georgia, again, uh, they missed some shot-making ability from the, the backcourt. And I think that was pretty obvious today. And uh, 
but overall, I expected the game to be a little bit more competitive, but Slovenia was still expected to win, and they did that. So shout out to them because they played a, a pretty disciplined game from start to finish. And there were some texts and some complaints during the game from both teams, but Slovenia kind of kept it uh, a cool-headed, and that's not normal because Luka, a lot of the times, <laughs> he, he gets hot at referees. But uh, they did a nice job today controlling their emotions and Luca played a very good game. And they will need that with the competition moving forward and uh, with the next stages, the competition will get harder for them and they have a hard path ahead. They will need to keep their cool and be able to perform in those situations. And you were mentioning Luca living in the free throw line for today's game and it really reminded me when you were previewing the World Cup for Slovenia and mentioning his ability to do that, it's really off the charts and it really helps his team to be able to get easy baskets game after game. But after this battle between European teams that we expect that uh, should have decided the winner of Group F. We move into Group G, where the day started with a game between Ivory Coast and Iran, a game with uh, extreme importance for these teams' aspirations to compete for the African and the Asiatic Olympic slots. In the end of the game, it turned out to be a big Ivory Coast performance and a clutch win for them, with the African team winning 71-69. to Haddadi with uh, 9 points, 8 rebounds and 2 assists, and and uh, Yakshali with uh, 19-5 and 3 were crucial to keep the Iranian hopes alive, with Haradi falling out after 19 minutes of game, being relevant for the outcome of this uh, game, as the big man was being able to disrupt the Ivory Coast. Ivory Coast impressed from the free throw line, scoring 20 out of 21, what was crucial for them to secure this win, with uh, the two crucial points uh, to set the final score coming from the line, with uh, Diabetti scoring both of them. This Ivory Coast win was powered by Dadiet with uh, 10 points, 4 rebounds and 3 assists and uh, Zuzua that uh, was the team's best scorer with 17 points on this uh, highly competitive game. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. I mean, in a, a low scoring game, uh, I think those free throws were super important for Ivory Coast to, to get this win. Uh, Iran did a, a better job shooting from the 3, but I think it was a very balanced game overall. Rebounding uh, assist-wise, turnovers like it was so close he could have literally could have could have gone either way but uh ivory coast did a good job in the fourth quarter staying disciplined and getting the win in the crunch time but a, a very good job on the free throw line for sure i think that was the the most important part of their game today because 20 points out of 71 from the free throw line is it's it's hard to do in a, such a, a low scoring game to be that effective from the free throw line they did a good job getting to the line and making those, so shout out to them. Yeah, it was a very big and very important win from Ivory Coast. It is another team that is part of that mix that uh, fighting for the African Olympic slot. That probably will be one of the most entertaining factors of the bottom 16 teams. And let's see if any of these teams is able to make it to the top 16. That probably will do it for them and probably will lock that Olympic slot for, for that team that could achieve that. For now, it looks hard, but uh, they will certainly be on the fight. And uh, with the Ivory Coast securing this important win for their claim for the African Olympic slots. Let's move into the game, into the top two teams of uh, this group, Brazil and Spain. And while the historic wins by South Sudan and Cape Verde were remarkable, this was the game of the day where the leadership of the Group G was in play. After a very competitive start to the game with uh, the teams trading baskets, halfway into the second quarter, Spain went on a 15-4 run to build a 12-point lead that was key for them to go into the halftime with the uh, leading by eight, with the three-point shooting being the difference maker between these two teams uh, in the first half, with Spain 
shooting 7 out of 15 and Brazil 4 out of 17. Brazil came into the third quarter with energy and intensity, reducing the halftime deficit to 9 points with uh, 17 to 14 quarter, but uh, that wasn't enough with Spain securing the win in the final score with the final score being 96 to 78. For Brazil, Dudu, Iago and Caboclo were the best on the court with the guard ending the game with 14 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists and the big man having 15, 11 and 2 and adding to that 3 blocks. While the MVP of the game was Juan Nunes with 13 points, 7 rebounds and 5 assists shooting 67% from the field including 2 out of 4 from deep. Spain depth was in full display with their bench outscoring Brazil bench by 22 points and with them being a team that doesn't forgive and fits from the other team's mistake ending the game with 22 points of turnovers. Playing against Spain comes down to 40 minutes of execution. There aren't many teams uh, out there that uh, are able to beat them in terms of uh, in-game execution and when they are able to go on a run and build a strong lead most of the times they are able to control the game and uh, today we saw that and despite Brazil excellent effort in the second half Spain was able to do just that and lock this win yeah this was a, a great game for Spain uh, I think they were they were super disciplined from start to finish and and I think that was the biggest problem from Brazil because since the beginning of the game I think Brazil tried to rush things a little bit and I know that's part of their intensity and in, in their game but uh, playing against Spain you you got to keep it uh a level head and and not try to rush into things because they will make you pay for it. Like anytime you make a mistake, Spain is the type of team that will make you pay for it. And forcing sixteen Brazil turnovers, and Brazil didn't st- didn't get one steal. Uh, I think Spain was so so dominant in terms of like the mental game. Uh, I think they controlled the the game from start to finish with the pace, like everything. They they had twenty seven assists, which is pretty incredible. And starting off with the the young guy. Juan Nunes, for sure, he he is doing an amazing job leading this team uh, at the point guard position. And then again, just contributions from everywhere you look at. I mean, Aldama had 15, Will Yaron Gomez had 14, Diaz had 11. Like everybody comes in and contributes and then they are efficient at every facet of the game. They were a little bit off at the free throws today, but still 22 made free throws. That's That's a lot. And it was a very good win for Spain, for sure. This takes us to the end of today's episode. To wrap it up, let's look into tomorrow's game that will decide the outcome of groups A, D, E and H. The day starts with the Germany-Finland game, with the Finns looking for their first win in the tournament and Germany wanting to head into the next round without losses. Then Angola will take on Dominican Republic on what we expect to be a physical battle, followed by the battle between Egypt and Mexico, with both teams looking for their first win with special importance for Egypt if they want to aspire to compete for the African Olympic slot. Next we have Lebanon against France with Lebanon eyeing the Asiatic Olympic slot and uh, France trying to avoid to end last in this uh, deadly group H. Next the host Japan's will take on Australia with the second place of this group being on the table with the winner locking it. Philippines and Italy are the teams uh, taking the court next with the hosts fighting to get their first win in front of their home crowd. The games between Montenegro versus Lithuania and Latvia versus Canada close the day and two must-watch games that will decide the winners of groups D and H. For more EuroLeague and FIBA World Cup content make sure to follow us on Twitter 
at Ita Zero League and subscribe to the podcast to not miss out on the new episodes. My name is Andre and I will be talking with you guys tomorrow. Bye guys. See you on the next episode.